Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Welcome, it is the... Oh, that's a little bit loud, isn't it? Look at me. So it is. Professional. Look at that, that's a bit better. Welcome to episode 143 of the Disney Brit Radio Show for the 11th of August. Uh, you are joining us as we are in sunny Orlando, having a lovely time. Um, what are we doing for the big 150, by the way? I don't know. Don't ask me questions like that. That's ages away. Yeah, we've got plenty of time to talk about it. It's fine. Um, hello, Alan. You here? No, I am not here. This is not Alan. It is a cultural representative. From where? Uh, you're a cultural representative. From where? I don't know. I can't do accents anymore. Just <laughs> no, saying we, that. We just discovered that Alan can't do accents. Woo-hoo. Big summer blowout. Like that. Um, hello, Chris. Hello, you all right? Today is the 11th of August. Where are you today? Uh, uh, today I am at Magic Kingdom. You're at the Magic Kingdom. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's on the quiet at the moment. Are you Are you at the Magic Kingdom on the 11th of August? I, know, I can't remember that. Oh. Hang on a minute. I'm at the uh, Magic could've, Kingdom. Could have warned me it was going to pretend it was 11th of August. I don't. Know. I just. I'm at the Magic Kingdom for my backstage magic tour. Where am I? Um, Where am I? Although I'm simultaneously recording this show. Yeah, I'm at the Magic Kingdom as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How long good. is the backstage magic tour? Uh, about five hours. Yeah. Keys of the Kingdom. Oh, Keys to the Kingdom and Backstage Magic. I've done the Backstage Magic. You know what I mean? I, I might just appear in Harbour House and just mess about while yeah. you're trying to get your food. <laughs> uh, no, I'm on the back. I'm the Keys to the Kingdom tour, sorry, today. And then I'm, uh, once I've done that, I'll be uh, heading over to uh, do some shopping and then maybe go to uh, Disney Quest and maybe T-Rex. And all that. I'm going to be sniveling at the Frozen queue. Yeah, stood there. Hey, I don't want to... I'm, I'm, right, I'm going to say it. and It's going to sound horrible. And I apologise for this. You two should meet up. And you should both do the little, the mind train, the um, little dwarfs. Seven dwarfs mind train. The, the little dwarfs, so that you. <laughs> no one's in their little. I think no, I'm, I'm, dwarfs mind train. I think I'm more right. tempted. I'm more tempted for us to go and do Enchanted Tales with Belle. Yeah, you're probably getting quicker. <laughs> no, but no. I heard a story, yeah. and That's I apologise for this, but Chris will know what I'm going to say here. This is going to tell the music up, so we can't hear him. It's it's <laughs> it's about weight. I've heard. Sorry, were you saying something? Sorry, what? If there is more weight in those carriages, yeah. they swing a lot more around the corners. Right. And I was listening to an interview by Big Fat Panda. Yeah. And I think it was Ricky Brigant, he said, people should hire you to sit in the same car as them to swing this car around. It's <laughs> the best ride I've ever had. It's a bit harsh. Now, oh, Big Fat Panda, you punch him in the face? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say... But Chris has that experience of being weighty in a water ride, and it's fantastic. Yes, yeah. So I think the combined two of you in the the, the oh. mine train ride will what be fantastic. This? Oh, is this the, the fat blokes on a kid's roller coaster um, 
<laughs> in tape t-shirts. <laughs> do, you to, do you want me to remind you of the weight uh, extras in the uh, water slide one? <laughs> it, it, it goes back, I can't, I can't remember what, I think it was uh, a quacker. We're at the top of this uh, where you get in a big rubber ring. Yeah. It's kids Steam there. Springs, it? Uh, I think it was, yeah. Um, and this kid's there, and he says, oh, uh, can I come with you? Because I've got no one to go with. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, no problem. I said, uh, we are a bit fat, though, so it will go faster. So he loves that, so we go down, and uh, we go that fast. We knock the lifeguard over at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so we help this kid out, uh, and uh, the, it is, his granddad said, oh, thanks for bringing him down. He went, yeah, granddad, granddad we being so fat, it's so much faster. <laughs> this granddad's going, oh, oh sorry, sorry about that, sorry. <laughs> brilliant. I love that. That's great. Oh, brilliant story. Um, where are we? Oh, we're still at the end of the show, aren't we? We need to thank our sponsors, Orlando Attraction Tickets and Scooter Vacations. You can find Orlando Attraction Tickets at orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk. Uh, they've got some great deals over there if you go over and have a look. So not only that, you can pay a deposit for your tickets and the great... This is one of the only companies I can find that can do this. Um, you can actually pay your, your tickets off in installments whenever you want to pay them off so it doesn't come as one big lump sum, which is great. And, of course, you've got Scooter Vacations. If you need to rent your ECV scooters, anything of that kind, go to scootorlando.com. And they'll help you with all of your scooter rental needs while you're out there in Orlando. Right, what have we got for you this week? Uh, we've got our next round of the Disney Ultimate Attraction, which we're going to uh, pit some more attractions against each other, eight more attractions, and see who goes through to the next round. And also, Russell Floors, who we have spoken to before. Uh, he's going to come on to talk us a little bit more about his book, uh, Unseen Unseen Disneyland. And also, he's going to talk a little bit about getting yourself published and getting your pu- book published. Because one of the things we discovered while we were at, uh, um, while we were at, um, where were we? Where did we go? That's it, Mouse Meets. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think where we've been. <laughs> trying to block um, it out your mind. Yeah, something like that. Um, one of the things we discovered while we were at Mouse Meets is uh, there seems to be quite a few people who are attempting to write their own book, but are never quite sure what the next step is, how to go about it. So Russell's going to talk a little bit more about that because I know it's inspired several people to sort of continue working on their book and all that sort and, of stuff as well. And the one difference between Russell and a lot of other people who have written books is that Russell's actually been quite successful. Yeah, he has been really successful with it, which <laughs> yeah. is good. Um, so it'd be well worth uh, listening to that and seeing what Russell has to say about that as well. So that'll be coming up. And there are the two elements of the show for this week. Now, we haven't got any news or rumours for you because obviously we're having to co- record this in advance. So if there are no, any... I'm, I'm still outside Magic Kingdom. Oh, are you? Oh, yes, that's right. And I've just, I'm going to have to go. I'm yeah. just about to go into the Utilidors and it really not anyway. Uh, we haven't got any news for you because uh, so something disastrous. You found a Wi-Fi hotspot there. <laughs> I found a Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah. Something disastrous may have happened at Disney World or Disneyland Paris in the past couple of weeks. You'll have for to all go we know to... two fat blokes could have broke the mind train. <laughs> <laughs> so go to disneybrit.com and you'll find out what's been going on there because sadly I can't um, I, I can't predict the future um, but I can tell you about part refurbs which I'll tell you very quickly before we move on and that's that the Astro Orbiter is closed until September the night hang on I'll just, just walk up Main Street and just look around the corner yeah, it's definitely still closed. Uh, it's going to be closed until September the 19th. Uh, Downtown Disney's parking lot, H, I, J and K, are all closed. Actually, it's just no, H, I no, and J no, now. K's open now because we, been, fin- we went over and built a bit a couple of it's days ago. For a few and, days. Uh, yeah, we've been helped out a couple of days and K's now open, so that's fine. Um, they're building a new multi-story car park. And if you had enough Disneyland Paris, Captain EO is closed. Okay. It's time. Are you ready for this? It's time for... Disney's ultimate attraction. Disney's 
because we're doing celebrating we're celebrating Disney's ultimate attraction so we use that and I quite like it as well it's quite good um, so we have got some new attractions we're pitting up against each other today it's the Great Movie Ride versus the Cross Country Creek Ski Patrol Training Camp versus the Hall of Presidents Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin versus Casey's Junior's Splash and Soak Station and it's Illuminations Reflections of Earth versus Image Works the What If Labs so, ladies and gentlemen, let's start with the Great Movie Ride versus Cross Country Creek. We all know what the Great Movie Ride is, but Cross Country Creek is the um, Laser River. <coughs> Excuse me, Creek. Uh, I've never is... seen any Greeks on it. <laughs> Cross Country Creek. Yeah, it's a man in the corner selling kebabs. Um, it's mm. the uh, Cross Country Creek is the Lazy River that runs around uh, Typhoon Lagoon. So you've got Great Movie Ride versus the Lazy River. Uh, who wants to start us off on this one? Chris can start. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start on this one. <coughs> so the great movie ride. Uh, yeah. Very dated nowadays. Yeah, you see, I would call it a mildly good movie ride these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's got a lot of good movies, a lot of good scenes. I love the Mary Poppins scene. I love the Wizard of Oz scene. Why did they put Alien in? I'll never know. No, strange choice. Because my kids will not go on it now. Yeah, I, I must admit, it, it does frighten Harry. And, uh, did, but I do did enjoy used to it. get drift on? Yeah, you did, once upon a time, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's an enjoyable ride. Never normally too much for a queue. Fairly cool in there. Long ride and nice to sit down. Yeah. Uh, of course, then the lazy river. What can I say? How the hell do you get in those rings? Um, you, you don't. I, I love just standing there and watching people. So it's always good because, you know, people like me are trying to jump in from the water. People are trying to get on the edge. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last time I was there, it's quite funny though, because uh, as we're going around, this is I don't know October. I noticed that all the lifeguards had sort of um, jumpers and long trousers on and coats. Right. And there's me floating around in my trunks <laughs> with a sw- with a sweat on. <laughs> Bless. It must have been really cold then. Yeah, but I do enjoy the um, lazy rivers. I'm, but they're all about the same, aren't they? They are. They are very very similar. You get in a boat. Uh, you get in a, a tube a if you can. Not well, a boat, I've, a tube. I've been on that one. You get in a tube and basically you just uh, go around. So, what? I guess you're going for Great Movie Ride? No, I'm going to go for the Lazy River. Great Movie Ride is at its time. Okay, we're going for Cross Country Creek from Chris. Alan. Right. Well, I think Great Movie Ride, when it first came out, was fantastic. Yeah. It covered a lot of different genres of movie. Yeah. But I think movies have moved on so much since then. And I know this isn't going to really work in concept for an attraction like this, but 3D movies, IMAX cinemas, everything's bigger and better than it's ever been. Yeah. CGI, there's no CGI shown in there, apart from the end clips, possibly. That's right, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's so many more things that they could put in there. Um, it would be good if there was sections of it which could be updated, that were the animatronic sections, um, to yeah. move it... Like updated just a little bit rather than just the video clips at the end. Um, but we'll probably never see that until it gets ripped down. Well, the, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I'll, I'll come to me in a second. So, okay. what about Cross Country Creek? Are you uh, is, um, is you going to vote for that one? Or you... I, I like a good lazy river, you know. And, and my view is you are lazy in it. You, you climb into this rubber ring yeah. quite easily from the side, I would say. <laughs> you just leap out like a gazelle and drop your butt into the hole. 
and uh, and then you try to balance your kid on your belly as well. Okay. Not so easy. But my father-in-law didn't really understand the idea of lazy river. No, so, that seems to be a lot of people who don't. And I, I'm, like, just sitting there, sort of going around, enjoying it, and he's sort of plow like, I'm going to say plowing, paddling with his arms, a bit like a turtle on its back, if you yeah. imagine. I can imagine Derek doing that. So <laughs> he's, he's going head first, backwards, along the lazy river, paddling his way forwards. I'm like going, it's lazy river, you just want to go with the flow. And he's not making that much headway, because you, there is, you're getting propelled through anyway, and there's bottlenecks. Yeah. Well, there's one section where you go through the, ma- the uh, mountain. Yes. Now, what you don't want to be doing is heading around that way backwards at a bit extra speed, because the mountain actually seems to hang over the edges of the, the lake, or the pool, or whatever it's called, the river. As he ploughed his head straight into the rockwork, <laughs> I smiled a little bit. <laughs> He should have been lazy, but he wasn't. He wasn't being lazy. So the, the moral of the story is, be lazy in a lazy river. Yeah, feet first, that's always the way. So which one are you going for? Um, I'm going to go for Great Movie Ride because there is a bit more detail in there. There's a bit more to see. Okay. See, my problem with Great Movie Ride is... That hasn't been updated at all. There's been since it's opened. No, and the you know the Fantasia section that you go round. Yeah, that was that was a that was a last minute thing. That was always a temporary, last minute, last brain idea. Because what they wanted to go there originally, they couldn't because MGM refused to let them do it. Um, and I always thought, well, even though you put that temporary structure uh, for Fantasia. You'd have thought by now, after all these years, they might have thought about, well, actually, we could put something in here now or do something yeah. now. And and that kind of hasn't happened. And the, the issue you've kind of got is that Disney now have all of these franchises that they could use. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean would look amazing in a, a massive scene with the boats and water and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, high school you know, musical. High school, you could have a high school musical bit if you really wanted to, although I think it's probably well, hard to um, but there's so many things they could now update it with because there's so many things in there that you think, yeah, it's movie history, and I get that that's movie history, but the problem is it's it's past its day movie history and it doesn't all need to be there. You know, we look at the most modern thing that's in there now is probably Indiana Jones, um, and it's 1990, uh, late 80s, 90s reincarnation of Indiana Jones as well. We're not talking about an, even a, a modern working of, of the latest one. Um Last Ark, isn't so it? It is Last Ark, yeah. So it's kind of... so. It's, like I say, it's, it's the OK movie ride these days. But at the same time, a cross-country creek is... As you already say, it's a piece of water that you laze around on a, on a ring, and that's about it. And as much as I love cross-country creek, I think I'd be more upset if they closed the great movie ride for good than I would be if they closed cross-country creek for good. So I'm going great movie ride, which means... Uh, Chris, you were the only one who actually voted for Cross Country Creek. Nobody else did, uh, which That's means great movie. I don't right. care. Goes I'd like to be through. different. I know you do. We, we appreciate it for you being special. <laughs> I, did. Uh, I didn't say special. I oh, said different. Different. Well, we meant special in a nice, <laughs> in a different yeah. sort of way. Yeah. Nice way. Um, so that means that Great Movie Ride goes through and knocks out Cross Country Creek. Okay, let's head over to. Um, I just want to stop you there. I've just noticed something. What's that? 
I did a quick Google search to find out. To, sorry, there's other search engines available. Yeah. Um, Cross Country Creek yeah. to make sure I was talking about the right one. Yeah. You were. And when you're on the Walt Disney World website, there is a map there yeah. which shows you the park in like a like an artist impression style map. Yeah. Like probably what you have in your theme park map. Yeah. And the bottom left hand corner of that map is Google's logo. Right. So Google's power power in the Walt Disney World map, and I think it's the same map that is used in the My Disney Experience. Yes, it is. My Disney Experience maps are. So you're using Google Maps. It's it must be like powered by Google Maps, whether it's overlaid on top of. Maybe it is. I don't know. Oh, I just okay. thought that was quite interesting. The fact that Disney haven't really? got their own system all the way. There you go. Thank, thanks for that. Uh, moving on. Yeah. We've got. Wait, wait, is that when Alan's finished? <laughs> Uh, we've got the Ski Patrol Training Camp, which is the one of the, the little kids' area in uh, Blizzard Beach, versus the Hall of Presidents. So, the mm. question is, are you going for kids' patrol training camp, kind of kid-friendly, small-child water area, or are you going for the more grown-up Hall of Presidents? Alan, start us off. Right, okay, well, the Ski Patrol section... Yeah. I'm just having a quick look at that. Two things in the same water park we're talking about in this setup. So, there's some sort of thing where you can walk along icebergs, hold onto a net above your head. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Possibly some sort of other set of nets that you can walk along on icebergs. Yeah. A couple of little slides. And uh, a sort of drop thing. It's a little slide, yeah. you, You swing out. No, you stand at the top and you hold onto it and it goes down a yeah. line and then you swing off the bottom. Yeah. All right. They gave, do they call it a plane fox? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Is it, is a that, drop thing. Is it operated by Google? It could be. Right. Um, I was going to I think that's it. operated by Bing. Did you, say, did you say Firefox, was it? Firefox. <laughs> I think it's just called a, a zip wire, isn't it? Zip wire, that's the term. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, it used to be a flying fox. Firefox. Firefox. Yeah. <laughs> Other internet browsers are also available. When it was on the Crypton Factor. I thought it was used oh, to right. Is it what they called it? I don't know. I can't remember that far back. I don't know what it's got to do with foxes or flying. Zip wire does something seem better. Anyway. I don't know what sort of age you've got to be to go on that. Probably well, younger than me. I've been on it. Um, guess at any height can go on it. Okay. Um, Fahrenheit drops, which is the T bar, which is a zip line. Ah, oh, for guests line. five feet tall and under. Okay. So you've been on that, Chris? You can go on that. <laughs> They've got frozen pipe springs. Right. Thaw your pipe in this enclosed body slide. So it's a tube slide. Yeah, but that's only about a metre long. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> There's no no height limit on that. I've, I've been on that thing. Have you? Yeah. And they didn't throw you out? I just went so, up, went on it. Okay, fair enough. Um, you've got the ice course, the ice training course, which is obviously the thing on the, the icebergs and yeah. the net. The thing is, though, if you go on that, Chris, you've got to go around on your knees. If you stand yeah, up, yeah. your head's going to be through the net. Yeah. Or did you go over the net? I didn't make it all the way, I slipped off. <laughs> <laughs> all um, the kids are doing it, not landed, me. Landed on several kids. Yeah. You've got... Cool Runners, which is a little inner tube slide. Which yeah, is, um, that's a metre long as well. Zigzags backwards and forwards, or backwards. Maybe it's not enough to go forwards again. Snowfalls. No idea what that is. Straight down slide. Straight down 
normal slide. Yeah. Now, Doesn't my issue with this... My issue with this is... Yeah. For my kids, Fahrenheit drops, for example, it drops into eight and a half foot of water. Right. Which you're going to need, because if you're dropping from five foot above the water, you need a bit of water underneath you. Yeah. Yeah. But that automatically rules it out that my kids can't really go into there. Right. right. Or comfortably go in there. Okay. Because, well, they, they cry when they get a bit of water in the face anyway, so... <laughs> You're not washing fingers, kids. Fingers crossed I might get them on um, on some sort of water slides this year okay. or next year. This year is the year for water slides for us, big time. My son will not go on roller coasters, big roller coasters, because they're too scary. Even though he looks at them, they're on a track and he's strapped in. But you give him a water slide, doesn't matter how fast or how high or how big it is. He's like, yeah, that's fine. Just, I don't get that. Someone Crazy. can give me an answer. Please, radio at disneybrit.com. Please send me an email as to why my son's weird like that. I've, I've got I'll, one. I'll give you the answer now. Go on. Because you're his dad? Nah, that's what it is. I've been, I've been it's, thinking it's in the this. DNA. That's, it's in the DNA. That's what it is. Anyway, now you've dissected Ski Patrol Training Camp to the nth degree, can you tell yeah. us whether you're voting for that or the Hall of Presidents, please? Oh, if, if it was... <laughs> For adults. Yeah. I thought this was going to be a quick section. <laughs> if it was for adults, I would say it looks great fun. I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why isn't there that version for adults? But obviously it's not. So, no, I'm not really going to vote for that. <laughs> but I will say... The one you haven't mentioned or explained is the one you're going to go for. I will say that the Hall of Presidents... Yeah. I think it's a fantastic show to watch. Yeah. The only thing that I'm not too keen on, and this is me because of history, yeah, is about celebrating the independence from the Brits. Okay, yeah, fair enough. And I, I didn't realise that the first time I saw it because I didn't really know. I don't really know British history. Well, it's, it's less so in comparison to um, the American Adventure. Yeah, but American Adventure though is more celebrating achievements. Yeah, I suppose. Whereas the Hall of Presidents is celebrating of the Declaration of Independence, right? And something about boxes of tea off boats or something I can't remember that bit was it was it to do that the, the British were getting cheaper tea I don't remember I, just vote Alan I'll, I'll go Hall of Presidents right must, must be my turn now yeah. um, as Alan's on. took all the time uh, I've never been on the Hall of Presidents so I've been on the Ski Patrol so Ski Patrol for me over to been, you Adam you've never been to the Hall of Presidents <laughs> That was it? Yeah, well, I ain't got much time left. Yeah, you've never been on Hall of Presidents? No. Oh, wow. Um, Why not? I'm, you're, so you're going Presidents, you're going Ski, I'm going Presidents, I'm not even going to explain why. So uh, Hall of Presidents goes through, so that beats that <laughs> one, so that's fine. Thank you, Alan. Now that's the... Uh, so, it's time. So uh, now we uh, have got time to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Dragged, that low, didn't he? Uh, right, okay, I'm going to go to um, Chris this time first because he, he knows how to do this properly. So there we go. So it's Buzz Lightyear oh, yes. versus the Casey Jr. Soak and Splash and Soak Station. So Buzz Lightyear is obviously the attraction. It's not the one in Disney Quest. Uh, that's Laser yeah. Blast, is it, I think? Uh, yeah. This is the one that's in uh, the Magic Kingdom. Um, it's in Tomorrowland and it's versus Casey Jr. Splash and Soak Station which is the water play area inside the new storybook circus so what are you going for? Well Buzz you've got a gun uh, soak and play you get wet so Buzz it is 
Don't add. There you go. Done. <laughs> Just like that. So you're going Buzz Lightyear, yeah? Go on, go on. I, I do enjoy Buzz Lightyear. Um, good laser game, traditional bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, fun for all ages. Yeah. Um, and I love, you know, getting hold of the lever and not letting the kids have a go. Now, you see, I've been on this with, with uh, Kieran Duncan, uh, Craig's youngest, and uh, he was five at the time, and I think I've told this story before, uh, where he knew exactly what direction to position the vehicle so that he got all the points and I got none, and I got thrashed by a five-year-old <laughs> in this attraction. Uh, and he will never let me live it down, and still to this day, I need to get him back. It's, um, it's haunted you. Yeah, it has haunted me. It's actually scarred me. I cry myself to sleep every night just thinking about it. Um, so you're going Buzz Lightyear. Uh, what yes. about you then, Alan? Right, okay. If he, if he doesn't vote in two seconds, just <laughs> I'm, I'm going to vote Space Ranger Spin, but yeah. I'm going to say about Casey Jr. splashing the soap. Yeah. We did it when it had literally just opened about a week. Was it wet? And the... I think it was still wet. There was some. No, there was there was a, a little family that was next to us, and they were saying, "Oh yeah, have you got your towels? Have you got your what's it called? The, the alcoholic um, wash yep. spray stuff? Yeah." Gin. And, then, and we were just like, "Well, just letting the kids play in it." And they say, "Oh, the the water that they're using here, it's dirty. You could get all sorts of different things off it." Oh. And I was like, "Well, the kids are just playing in water; they're having fun." Yeah. And it was like, "Oh, make sure you wash and scrub yourself up tonight." And it was like, "Well, they're, they're splashing amoebas all over you." How bad is it going to be? <laughs> they mix the water with the plague. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it's just kids having fun in water fountains. Like, that water fountain's going to be no different to the ones in downtown Disney, or Disney Springs, whatever it's going to be yeah. called when you get there. You, you don't panic that much about it. No. Strange. You just enjoy it, don't you? Kids are having fun. Okay. If they drop the burger on the floor, that's fine. Yeah, just five second rules, fine. Um, so you going Buzz Lightyear? Yeah. Right, so Buzz Lightyear for you. Um, I I was torn between these two. I really like Buzz, uh, but I like Casey Jr. Purely for the fact that I like the idea that kids can go in and just get absolutely drenched and have no cares in the world. And I know Harry will absolutely love and it will spend hours in there, but equally I know he'll love Space Ranger Spin. Um, but I think if he was given the choice, I think he'd choose Space Ranger Spin over Casey Jr. So I, I've purely gone for Buzz Lightyear because... Um, I think he'd spend longer there than he would at Casey, the, the Splash and Soak station. But it's speaking for your son. Yeah, that's, that was my, dec- my decision about which one I would go for, uh, based on what I think he'd like most. Um, what do you like most? I love Bit, I love Buzz. Buzz is brilliant. I wouldn't be bothered with Casey Jr. Splash and Soak because there wouldn't be going in it, but um, I love Buzz. So uh, it means that everybody voted for Buzz and nobody voted for Casey Jr. So it means Buzz Lightyear goes through to the next round and we say goodbye to one of the newest attractions in <laughs> Disney World, which is the Casey Jr. Splash and Soak Station. Okay, let's go to... Uh, we're nearly there. We've got uh, one more to go, I believe. This is... Talk about two completely contrasting things. We've got... Illuminations, Reflections of Earth, versus uh, imagine, uh, the Image Works What If Labs. So, uh, Chris. I think you should ask someone else. I haven't been alive on. You've not. Oh, yeah, of course you've not seen Illuminations. So you're abstaining from this, are you? Yeah, unless. Is, is that the bit after. Um, it's the bit after the Journey into Imagination. Oh, yeah, I have done that. It's rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, it's rubbish, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm abstaining. Right. Abstaining, so, Alan. Um, 
please don't think about this. Please, honestly, there is no consideration don't, needed. Don't look it up on the net or anything like that. Just talk. Well, I have to just in case we're looking at the wrong thing. It is rubbish. Yeah, it is. But what if labs trash. is rubbish? There's no other way for it. None of it works. When I went about five years ago, I thought that it was getting ripped out to be replaced by Phineas and Ferb. Well, there were talks about it ripping it out many, many times. And about ten years before that, they were half ripping it out. Yeah. And it's the same things that they've not really changed. Pretty much. It's. It looks like it's used... I don't know if you remember the old BBC computers. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's that sort of technology. Yeah. It's. It's not advanced enough for what it should be in terms of imagination and particularly when it's a science-based park. Oh, I've just broke my microphone. Awesome, oh, just fell over there. <laughs> just broke my microphone. I fixed it again. So you're that's going... you, that's broken your case on the way to Florida, doesn't it? That's right. It broke my case out, yeah, on the way. I was just walking down Main Street. I've just walked into... Oh, it's Goofy. Uh, hello, hello, Goofy. How are you? I didn't mean to walk into you. I'll forgive you. This is your old pal, Goofy. There he is. Um, is... So, yeah, Reflections of Earth has got to be a bit more exciting than some old-fashioned technology. Yeah. So you're going uh, Illuminations. I'm joining you, Illuminations. Imageworks is trash. Uh, sad to say. It, it, it's just a big letdown. Uh, I remember the old Imageworks uh, pr- uh, post-show area after the original... Uh, journey into imagination, which had the rainbow tunnel, and you had one area where you could you could create music with something, and you'd spend hours there because it was well not hours, but you spent a long time there because the stuff was really <laughs> cool. Whereas now it is just pointless. It's it's like walking into a local council science museum. Yeah, that's not got any funding and hasn't really been kept up to date. It used to have a really cool station where you could go and create your own Disney CD. You could go up to it and you could choose unique tracks from around the parks that you could like. I like that one. That reminds me of this, and that reminds me of this. And you get a whole CD with like twenty odd things on it, and it'd be printed right in front of your eyes, and if you name on it and everything, that disappeared. They now do the glass. Square laser things. blocks. That's the ones. And what are they all about? They do um, that in shopping centres now. Exactly. So it's just like it's just rubbish. So I'm uh, I'm going eliminations. As has everybody else. Nobody has voted for image works in the slightest. Surprise, surprise. Um, so it means that we um, we actually have uh, eliminations going through and image works and what if labs going out. And they really, are... it's going to hang around for another ten years. Yeah, pretty much. And they are all of our different attractions uh, that are going through. So just to clarify, the ones that are going through are the following. It's the Great Movie Ride, Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin, the Hall of Presidents, and Illuminations Reflections of Earth. We say goodbye to the Cross Country Creek, the Casey Junior Splash and Soak Station, the Ski Patrol Training Camp, and Imageworks What If Labs. They all disappear into the bin and we say goodbye. Uh, just to give you a heads up of what's coming up next, it's going to be Cyberspace Mountain versus It's Tough to Be a Bug, Maharaja Jungle Track versus Impressions de France, uh, Fantasmic version versus, versus The Vision House, and Muppet Vision 3D versus Stormstruck. So they're going to be the four that are going to be coming up on the next episode. So do listen out for those. Some interesting ones there. Uh, I think that is everything we've got there. 
isn't it? Yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a very quick break. We are going to then return with some audio from Mouse Meets, where Russell Floor spoke to us about his book, about creating a book on Disney and the best way to get it published and to be successful with it. So we shall return in a second with Russell. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. For the past 10 years, Orlando attraction tickets have been providing the UK with cheap Disney tickets for Walt Disney World and the surrounding Orlando attractions. With a low deposit scheme of just £10 per person, you can book your tickets in advance knowing you're in good hands. Orlando Attraction Tickets are the only ticket company to allow you to pay your balance off in instalments online and with no credit or debit card fees, free UK sign-for delivery and you are fed FastPass Plus enabled tickets now shipping. There is no other choice for your Orlando ticketing needs than Orlando Attraction Tickets. Visit www.orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call 0845 226 8523. That's orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk or call Right, so we all know that Adam is a crazy obsessive planner, as we've seen him today. Now, my secret obsession is the hidden details within Disney World, Disney Parks. You go around the place and you see themed dustbins, lampposts, boring stuff. But is it really boring stuff? Because it's all about place setting. Now, our next guest, Russell Flores, he wrote a book, Seen Unseen Disneyland, and it's all about the hidden details within the parks, the stuff that most people don't know. So, hi, Russell, how are you doing? Great, how are you guys doing? Not too bad. It's a bit weird. It's like a, it's like a, a ghost in here. Yeah, well, well, we'll set the scene, Russell. Uh, the audience are in front of us, filling the chairs up, looking at us. Myself and Alan are sat down on, on a couple of chairs, and you're coming up a speaker in between us. <laughs> Ooh, 199 ghosts. We've actually got one empty chair yeah, where which we pretended we're, you we're, are. And, and Alan's actually looking at the chair, speaking to you. And you should have put a picture of me sitting in it. We put a picture of your book up. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Oh, there you, we go. You can't make money out of your own picture. <laughs> um, That's true. I probably have to pay people to watch my picture. <laughs> incidentally, if you um, you you got video there. I have a picture of the Disney Brit podcast icon. Right. Okay. So, as in, would we be able to do a video call with you? Sure. It's all set up. Have you what? Have you had your breakfast? You got your pajamas on? Um, I I actually got dressed for you guys. Oh, I see someone's shirt. <laughs> That's it. Uh, can you slide him on the other screen, Alan? Adam? Not, not turn your monitor around. I mean, put it on the big oh, screen. There you are, Chris. And the back of Alan's head. <laughs> so we've now, Russell can you, now see. You can see, see us. You can, can see, see us, you. but. 
Yeah. Adam's now got to fiddle around. Hi, guys. R Russell's got to put the um, video feed for him. Yeah. Oh, you don't see me? No. See uh -oh. where there's a camera with a cross through it? Uh, no. Right. Current call. I will say that we had a chat with Russell yesterday about video call, and he said he's going to tidy his room up. So, is it all tidy, Russell? He's but gone. It is tidy, but he's, he's had enough. <laughs> this is why we started early, because we knew we wouldn't get him on until... Oh, here it comes. Oh. Now can you see me? Yeah, there yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Let's turn the... <laughs> turn the lights off. We'll get the lights off low with you. Hang on, you, you disappeared halfway off the thing there, Adam. So, All right. right now I see the, the icon again. Yeah, you wouldn't see us, but we'll look at you. Yeah, it's just oh, a bit okay. like a bit of weird stalker sort of thing. <laughs> right okay so you've you've created a book seen unseen disneyland and it's all about the hidden details of the parks is that right that is correct well thank you very much for joining us bye-bye <laughs> <laughs> greetings from america bye-bye <laughs> so starting off russell um what time is it in the where you are at the moment and where are you i'm in california in an area called sacramento california that's the state capital and it is 7.49 a.m. in the morning. Come on, give Russell a round of applause for getting up for that. Yeah, you know, I was just, I just posted on Facebook. It was weird because when I went to bed at midnight last night, you guys were just starting. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. Oh, yeah. It has been. Uh, it's been pretty tough, too, here, sleeping the last eight hours or six hours. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do, Russell, this is, this is the plan. I think Alan may have told you, or I may have told you, we're going to talk how you started to put your book together, how you got it published, and then the detail. Is that okay? That's fine. You're looking confused on the screen. I was starting to think, uh, <laughs> had we asked. So, from the beginning, what made you think of putting a book together with so many details, and how did you do it? Well, it was actually kind of a, started out as a kind of a fluke. I, uh, I was actually at Disneyland with my family, I was uh, behind them. They were at Thunder Mountain, and I was running to catch up. Well, walking quickly. We don't run at Disneyland. <laughs> and I happened to notice a lady throwing garbage away in one of the trash cans. And, you know, like probably all of you, I've seen those trash cans hundreds, if not thousands of times. And it just suddenly dawned on me that the trash can was actually themed to look like it belonged where it was. It wasn't just a simple green or gray or black trash can. But it was actually made to look like wood, like it belonged there. Um, so I snapped a quick picture, and it's actually the first picture in the book. It's framed wrong. You know, it, it's it's not really a great picture. But it was the one that got me started, so that's why I went ahead and used it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But after that, I started um, thinking about that, and I started taking pictures of other trash cans around the park. Um, it actually kind of got to be a joke with my daughter at, um, on that trip because every time I'd take a picture of a trash can, she'd yell, Mom, he's doing it again, because um, they had no idea what I was doing, and I really didn't know what I was doing. It just kind of piqued my curiosity. Um, then I started looking for other details um, that I was missing. You know, what, what had I been seeing all these years and never really saw? And so I started looking for other things, and after the trip, I started doing research on it, and it just kind of bloomed from there into an idea that, you know, this, this might be a book. So um, 
once you have your idea of what you want to do it on, um, you know, of course, there's there's other issues involved there. You know, the first one, you know, is, you know, copyright issues, obviously. You know, you, you don't want to give your idea away. You don't want to be, you know, telling people about your idea, um, except for maybe one or two close friends. So you might want to bounce it off. Um, do your research on the Internet to find out if it's a viable idea. Um, has Have other people done it? Is a flooded market? You know, that type of thing. Um, but also, you want to start, uh, one, once you're kind of going down that path, you, you want to start keeping records. So I don't know what the copyright laws are there in, in uh, the U.K., um, so when I speak, I'll be speaking, you know, about the United States. But basically, once you have an idea in the United States, it's copyrighted. The problem is proving that you had the idea before someone else. So that's where you want to start, you know, keeping your records. Um, for me, you know, obviously it was the collection of all my pictures. And, you know, I also started uh, what I call a logbook. Some people will call it a journal. Some people call it a diary. But I started keeping a book of, you know, when I did certain key things with the book. Um, and I and I use my logbook for, for everything related to Disney. But, you know, I put down when I came up with the idea, how I was researching it, um, all of those type of things, um, so that I could later go back and show the historical record of the book if, if it were ever to become an issue, which, of course, it hasn't. Um, the... The next thing you want to do is you want to start researching your idea. You want to start putting your, your thoughts together. You want to start planning out what it is you want to do. So um, and, unless you're getting hired to do this, you know, it obviously needs to be something that you have some sort of passion for. There's a lot of work involved in putting together a book. So if it's something you're not really dedicated to, it's, it's going to fall to the wayside. Um, plus, you know, there's a lot of time commitment. There's a financial commitment. So if it's not something you're really committed to, you're you're probably not going to follow through with it. Um, this really, really intrigued me, this idea. So, you know, it wasn't hard for me to follow through as far as getting the initial book together and all of those type of things. Um, but you really, you really want to have something that you want to do. That would be my first and biggest recommendation is find something that interests you, um, that's unique, um, that you can commit to. Um, in my case, I started taking pictures back in 2005. I started actually thinking of it as a book in around 2007, 2008, and the book didn't actually get published until uh, 2012. So there was a long process involved there. I can remember uh, on our podcast, we've been talking to you for some time now, and you were getting close to getting that book published. What was it when you actually got a yes and you knew the date it was going to come out? What was it like? Well, that, that was actually amazing. Um, there was actually quite a process uh, to get the thing published. Um, I went through some, some trials, shall we say, to get it published. And once I knew it was actually going to be a book and, you know, my publisher was saying, yes, the printer has it and they're actually printing it. And then especially when he emailed me and said, okay, it's been shipped. It will be here in three weeks. Um, and then, you know, being in the driveway where the truck pulls up and they actually drop off a, a stack of boxes and, and you open that thing up, and there is a real book there with your name on it, with your your work in it. It's just an amazing feeling. 
Uh, I mean, even if it hadn't sold, um, you know, if only just a couple friends had bought it, you know, at that point, it's amazing. It, you know, there's obviously a little nervousness too because you've got the financial commitment. And you're thinking, well, am I going to have, you know, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of coasters here that I can, you know, give out to friends for Christmas and everyone will start hating me because they know what they're going to get for a present for the next 15 years, <laughs> um, or is it going to sell? So, you know, there's a little trepidation there too. But the the whole thing, seeing that book and holding it in your hands, it, is an amazing feeling. What I like about your book is it's actually a nice quality book, lots of colour pages. If anyone's not read it, I say we've got one in the auction, but they are, you can have a little flick, little flick through. Lots of colour pages, lots of pictures, and lots of detail. And also I was pleased that I was one of the first to get it. I remember yes, you were. I was you were on the waiting list. And I was told that you sent it, but don't tell anyone yet. <laughs> <laughs> Which was good. Yeah, it took a while to get it over there. That's right, yes. You mentioned uh, financial. Um, are we allowed to ask how much it costs you to actually get your first print and how many? Well, um, you know, that that's actually a two-step story there. Um, to, to back up a little bit, originally when once I decided I had or an idea for a book, that I wanted to do a book, that I was committed to a book, I, I originally started looking for a publisher. Um to find an actual full publisher, um, you know, it, it's it's very elusive. Um, I got a lot of nice rejection letters from a whole bunch of companies. Basically, I went through all my Disney books, found people who had printed in the past or published in the past, and um, sent them each a nice letter. And most of them came back that, you know, you know we don't take unsolicited books or, or they came back and said, you need to have uh, an, an attorney, you know, a, a book a representative, um, all of those type of things. And so if you can get an actual full publisher, that's great. Um, I was not successful in that. So then thanks to the Internet and a lot of modern techniques and printing and stuff, I started looking at self-publishing. There's a lot of good companies out there. There's a lot of bad companies out there. Really do your research before you start dealing with a specific company. Um, I, I went around. I found a company that, that you know, was well-known. They'd been around for a while. Um, I went into discussions with them. And basically, you hire them to publish your book. And when I was going to go that route, it was going to be extremely expensive um, to the point of I uh, – I, it was basically going to be a non-profit book at that point um, because it was going to be very expensive. Um, I found some other places afterwards that um, that were a little more reasonable, but it can be quite expensive because um, they're charging a fee that makes them a profit, so you're paying for them to publish your book, and then you have to pay for someone to distribute the book. And, you know, in this case, I was going to be using Amazon, Um so that got to be quite expensive um, to the point of, and I'm, I wasn't expecting this question actually, and I should have been, but I'm, I want to say for like a thousand books, it was going to cost $12 a book to have the same quality, but fewer pages um, than the current book. Um, and then of course there's fees for Amazon and all of those things. So it, it was going to be like $16, $17 a book, you know, once it was all said and done. 
So I was going to have to charge like twenty four ninety five just just to actually uh, see start defraying some of the costs of actually you know my costs of of putting the book together. Um, I was fortunate enough to actually find another publisher, and his name is uh, uh, David Smith, not to be confused with Dave Smith. Um, Dave Smith is of course the Disney archivist. David Smith is the author of. Uh, in the Shadow of the Matterhorn and the Hidden Mickey book series, the the fictional book series, not the ones of Finding Mickey's Around the Park. And we started talking, and he was able to dramatically bring the price down. Um, so a- as as a modern publisher, he actually offers three different three different options. So the first option is he publishes it, and he takes the financial risk, and you get a uh, a royalty for each book, which is you know the traditional setup. Um, royalties, depending on your publisher, can range anywhere between two percent and fifteen percent, uh, depending on your agreement with your publisher, you know your experience, the quality of your work. Um, normally, you know your first book would start down on the lower end, and as you got you know more popular, or as you publish more books your royalty percentage would move up. And that royalty percentage is based on the value that they sell the book to the bookstores. So in my case, you know, the book is 1995, but that's not what I would get my royalty based on. It would be based on how much they sell the book for to Barnes & Noble, Amazon, one, one of those bookstores. So normally the bookstores buy it for around 50% off the cover price. Um, so... That's one option. The second option is he will be basically your own self-publisher. He'll publish it for you, and you pay him a fee. Um, That's the second route. The route I went is called the hybrid route. Um, The hybrid agreement I have with him is he uh, publishes it. He does all the work. Um, He gets to sell to anything that's a bookstore or anything that looks like a bookstore. So... Amazon, uh, local bookstores, anything like that that actually stock the book and sell it. He he sells to those individuals, and I get my traditional royalty from from his sales. Um, but I also um, did the partial self-publishing route where I'm allowed to buy books uh, for the same price he pays for the printing, and then I can sell them to events. So like the D23 uh, Expo, the Disney Anna Fan Club Expo, which is coming up this July, anything where I make an appearance and I'm sitting there signing books and selling them, or I can also sell them a mail order uh, through Facebook and and my webpage. So those ones, obviously, I get whatever I sell it for minus my costs, um, so that, that, that gets to be a little more profitable there. Right, you guys? Super sorry about that. There you go. Um, right, okay. So, obviously, your, your book's about Disneyland Park. Were there any issues with publishing photographs of Disneyland Park? Was there any was, like, was Disney involved? Did you have to sort of contact them? Or have you managed to sort of skirt around them? Well, in, in my case, you know, I, I looked at it. Um, there's a thing in the United States called fair use, um, where as long as you, you're not... Uh, attempting to profit by, you know, implying that Disney is, you know, an official sponsor, all that kind of stuff. Um, There's issues with trademarks and those type of things, so you have to have these disclaimers and everything in your book. But um, depending on the content of your picture, you you can use things that are open to the public um, and fair use um, 
And there's a lot of debate in the United States right now. I've had several people um, tell me, oh, well, you could have just published this. You know, you put unofficial on the cover. You put your disclaimers. Um, in my case, I, I wanted to do it totally right. Um, so I actually did contact Disney. Um, I got a hold of them. Um, fortunately for me, um, I, I really lucked in, into being able to contact Disney. Um, basically what happened was I was at a point where the book was done in its first rough draft. And when you get to that point, uh, if, if you decide to do a book yourself, you're, you're going to get to that point where the book is in its final, well, not final, but its first rough draft. And you're looking at this thing and you're thinking, is anyone really going to buy this? Does, does anyone like this? You know, those type of things. Um, can I really sell it? Or is this just something that interests me? So, um, and of course, there's, there's other issues like, you know, how accurate I am. If you look at my book, I tried to be extremely accurate. Um, I went through on all my research. If you, if you look through the book, there are end notes all through the book. Um, I forget exactly how many uh, notes I ended up with, but I tried to document where I got all my information so that you as the reader can go back and, and when you read something in the book and then it says in note 42 you can go to the back of the book see where I got that and go to my original source um, you know you've, you've got things like the internet that provides information which as we all know the internet is 100% accurate and it has no errors in it <laughs> um, that gets to be difficult and you know of course the obvious solution is well I go to two or three internet sources well the internet feeds off itself so one could have published it and the other two are just copying it so you have to be really careful with all of that um, so I was concerned about the accuracy of the book um, so um, Dave Smith the Disney archivist the former Disney archivist uh, I, he has a, a column called Ask Dave and so I sent him an email and said hey uh, I've put together this book would you consider looking at it and maybe giving me some feedback and telling me if you think it's worth anything and, and what you think? And he wrote me back and said, you know, unfortunately, he was still working for the Disney company. He wasn't allowed to look at this type of material, basically the same stuff as, as before. Um, but if you can get Disney's permission, uh, I'd be happy to look at it. And here's how to get a hold of Disney Legal. So I went ahead and, and contacted Disney Legal, explained them what I was doing. Um, so what I did was what's called a copyright review. I sent in my material, and, and they reviewed it to determine whether they had any copyright issues with it. And, you know, we went through our thing. You know, it's, it's a company, so, you know, of course, it's going to take time. And so we went through our thing. They had a couple concerns. Um, one of them was actually a concern of mine already, and I actually already changed it. Um, I made – they were extremely minor changes that they wanted – I made the changes. They approved it. Um, Dave Smith was then able to look at it. He looked at it and gave me some very kind information, very kind reviews, and actually then gave me um, a comment for the back of the book, uh, which is actually the comment that's the first comment on the top there um, of what he thought about the book. And at that point, when you've got someone like Dave Smith who, um, you know, finds your book useful, finds it interesting, and is willing to give you a comment for the back of the book, that was really the push over the, you know, the, that little push over the top of the of the mountain to get me going to where I, at that point, was where I actively really started looking for publishers and really starting to polish it and put it into its final draft. Do you mind if I just read the comment? 
Sure, go ahead. Well, the comment from uh, Dave Smith is say the chief artist is even if you have made many trips to Disneyland, you have probably not noticed all the little touches that were designed into the park. The book is a delight to read, bringing you up many I never knew that comments. The author's many colour photographs enable the reader to actually visualise all the points discussed. Loads of fun. You do realise you spelt colour wrong, though. Yeah, I didn't spell it the British way, did I? No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually posted a joke about that yesterday. Someone posted a, a thing about the ten most common misused words. And uh, I, I, what did I say about it? I said, uh, very nice and done with humor, or is that humor? And the first humor is O-R, and the, the second one is O-U-R. <laughs> yeah, or, or the way Chris says it. Homer. 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 Yes. <laughs> so um, anyway, yes, I, I in this particular book, I did get Disney's permission, um, and it's I I, I kind of have to clarify that it's not permission per se. What it's saying is they have no copyright concerns, um, and you know basically, therefore, we're not going to sue you for doing this. Um, so that's the route I actually took. Um, there's a lot of thought about whether you you actually need that. Um, in this case, you know, it got me to another level that was very helpful for me. But um, you know, you'll have to do the research, especially since, like I said, the UK laws. I'm I'm not sure what they are. You would have to double check and see if you have something like fair use um, and, and the copyright laws. Um, for myself, I went out and bought a couple books on copyright and publishing to. Uh, to try and learn a little bit more, and I, I would suggest that if, if you're going to go that route, especially if you're not going to use a publisher, make sure you, you, you do your due diligence there and, and you know, get yourself a good book on copyright and, and determine what you can and can't do there in the U.K. Um, it, it, my book, you know, it's selling all over the world, but, you know, Disney is Disney, so, uh, you know, I figure I'm good since I got U.S. Disney's permission, the main company. Um from what I understand, I think we covered that. Um, if you're taking a photograph of, I don't know, arguably say the castle, it can't contain photographs of the characters. I think that that's what I've sort of read somewhere about doing a book. I might be wrong. Well, um, in this particular case, what they told me is on the cover I couldn't have pictures of characters. There's actually pictures of characters inside the book. All right. So they, they didn't... Uh, the, the original cover actually, um, if you look at it, um, it's probably hard to see there as a group, but if you go up and look at it when it's sitting on the display stand, um, I'll let you in on a little secret. That that little girl walking in the castle, um, that's actually my daughter. And originally she was holding the hand of Cinderella. And that was one of the concerns is I couldn't have a character on the cover, so I had to airbrush Cinderella out. Um, so that that particular picture is actually a montage of a couple pictures that's explained inside the book. Um, the, the original picture of my daughter and Cinderella was actually taken off to the left there, and then I moved them over into, like, they're walking through the castle because it makes a, a better shot than walking off over into the swamp area or something. <laughs> um, but um, so, so th that that is um, one of the things they did explain to me is no characters on the cover. The, um, inside, like I said, there's, there's several. Um, I don't think there's actually any, you know, like the Fab Five, excuse me, the Fab Five or anything, but the uh, 
you know, there's characters like, you know, Star Tours and Splash Mountain and, and things like that. There's characters in there in the book, and they didn't have an issue with that. Uh, well, actually, Jessica Rabbit's in there, too. All right. Well, I, th- I think what I understood it to be was, like, the the costume characters. I've got to be careful. I would say you don't want to ruin any magic here. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of quick fire questions for you, Russell. Uh, okay. To test your knowledge on your book. Um, Uh-oh. How many I got fo- it right here. I'm ready. How many photos are in the book? Ooh, that's on the back. <laughs> I can cheat and look at the back. It's all right. Um, it, it, on the back, um, what it states is 193 pages, 374 pictures, 327 picture comments, meaning, you know, things, information I, I say about the, the different pictures, 116 notes, which is what we were discussing earlier, 13 quizzes, and 121 reference um, materials that I used. Well, they were the other fast questions I was going to ask. Yeah, <laughs> see, I, che- I cheated ahead. <laughs> oh, one more fast question. How many words? Um, you know, I could actually bring it up in InDesign, it would tell me, but I have no idea. We talk fa- hundred thousands, you know. I've done a few essays. I've got up to 400 ones. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is better with pictures than words. That's it, yeah. Just a picture will do. Um, yeah, picture's worth a thousand words. So um, based well, on that, on 374 that, pictures, that would be 374,000 words at least. Oh, it must be small writing. <laughs> so, um, since since the book was launched, how many copies have you managed to sell? Um, I, I, I know we've sold our first printing. Um, well, not first printing. There was actually multiple printings involved. Um, I, I, I want to say... We're upwards of 3,000 books right now, wow. something like that. I, 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 I would have to check to be for sure, but um, actually, I take that back. We're more than that. A million? No, I, I, I'm, I'm going to guess right around 3,000 at least right now. Oh, it's a believable figure. You could have said a million and would have gone with it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not positive. I, I know we've sold at least 3,000 books. I'm per, I'm, I know. I, I'm not sure where we are um, we, we went ahead and did another printing recently. Um, it's officially designated the second edition, um, and I'm not sure how much we've sold up that one, so I'm not sure where we are numbers-wise, and, and I, I haven't got my latest quarter's uh, numbers, so I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say at least 3,000 right now. Um, and for those of you that are uh, looking at the book, if you've already bought the book, um, unless you're a hardcore Disney collector that has to have every single version of the book, um, you're fine. The second edition, we, we called it that because uh, we had an issue with our proofreader on the original book. Um, there's also been a couple minor little changes, like uh, there's a there's a chapter in there on the bathrooms of Disneyland, and one of the book, uh, bathrooms I cover is the, the secret bathroom, because we all love secrets. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, Fortunately, when they built the Princess Fantasy Fair, um, they took that bathroom out, so it's no longer there. So it just puts a little extra sentence in there noting that that was removed. So, so if you, you have the original book and, and you're not a hardcore collector, then you're fine. You, you, you don't need to buy another one. You're not going to be a millionaire make, doing things like that, Russell. You should have told everyone. I know. completely different. But, you know, we have, we have some controversy over here in the States right now where um, some people have, have printed a book and then they... they maybe add one chapter or, or just make a few minor changes and then they call it the second edition to get people to buy more books and 
you know, I, I just want to be upfront with people that, hey, if you're a hardcore collector, sorry, you're going to have to buy one. But if you're not, you're good. <laughs> I think you're too honest there because I know that I would buy a certain tour guide book every single copy and it's now on the same every time. Okay, okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you think we should go with some uh, listener questions? Yeah, we'll open up the room if anyone's got any questions. Has anyone got any questions for Russell? Yeah, you you right there in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there must be. Some, do you want to say hello, Steve? If you remember Steve from your mouse cast, he's here. I remember Steve. I saw him. You picked him Hi. up yesterday. Steve just said hi, and that's it. Man of hey, man, man of many words. Got some que- go over to Andrew. Hang on a second. The room has got ten thousand people in, so I've got to get right to the back. Thanks, Chris. Don't, don't, don't wear yourself out. Uh, quick question. I, I, I know have you, you were running there for a while, but have you uh, have you thought about doing a uh, a Disney World version of the book? Yes, actually, I have. Um, right now, I'm working on a second edition of of the Disneyland book. Um, I've started working on a California Adventure edition. If those continue to do well, I do have tentative plans of starting to do Disney World. Um, the difficulty with Disney World is that obviously I'm here in California and we go to Disneyland at least two times a year, if not more. So as I was doing the research and needing pictures and that that type of thing, you know, there was always a trip coming up so I could go get those pictures. And as I learned more things, I, I could, you know, get the pictures, come back, research what I'd done. Go, You know, I, I, I had much more access to the park. With Disney World, um, obviously I'm going to divide them up by parks. Um, but it really needs to be a truly much more researched out trips because I'm probably only going to get one, maybe two trips to Disneyland or Disney world, pardon me, to, um, actually get the pictures. So I'm going to have to really do a lot of pre-research, have a well-established idea in my head of what I want to get, um, for those pictures. And then, um, obviously, once I'm there and as I'm noticing things and taking pictures of things, I'm noticing and thinking, is there something there? Um, and taking those pictures, um, I'll have everything I need. So hopefully I can get it done in a couple trips. Um, it's obviously a, a little more expensive, which I, I'm sure you guys can understand, you know, because I have to fly out there and all of those things. And uh, I, I'm not going to get the access to the park like I did with, with Disneyland. So it, it's a couple years down the road, but, yes, it's in the plans. Well, I'm happy to come along and take some photos for you. Just just give us a shout. I'm available okay. most weekends. <laughs> well, any time, to be honest. We go over to India. Have you got a question? Have you ever been to any of the other parks, like Hong Kong or Tokyo, just to have a look? Um, unfortunately, I have not. I've been to Disneyland. Uh, I've been to Disney World. Um, I would love to, to go to Tokyo. Um, I would love to come see Paris. You know, I, I know there's a lot of mixed reactions about uh, Paris. But um, I no, also... just um, us you've been love... talking to. Hmm? I'm sorry? It's, it's just that me and Alan you've been talking to about Paris. There's some people who actually like it. Yeah, I, I know. Jonathan's <laughs> I, out of the I, room, luckily. The, <laughs> There, I, I listen to a couple of the podcasts over there, and there's a lot of mixed reactions. But you know, I, you know, from what I understand, and talking with friends, you know, it's a beautiful park. Um, Probably you know, one of the one of the nicest, I think. Paris's. Yeah, and and you know, the 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 thing is, is um, with Disney World, I'll use that as my example um, because I'm familiar with the park. Um, I went there for my honeymoon, and um, we had a great time there uh, for our honeymoon. 
in 2008 for our 15 year anniversary we went back and and we took our daughter on her first trip to disney world and the thing was is you know we'd been going to disney really regular at that point and uh, when we went to disney world it, it was kind of a little bit of a culture shock for us because even though it's the same it's different you know things are not in the same place like for us star tours is is in disneyland over there it's you know in in uh in hollywood and there there's things like that that were different in in addition there's a little bit of a, a cultural difference too with with the individuals that work there um you know a little bit of east coast attitude um and i don't mean that in a bad way i just mean you know different parts of our country as i'm sure with yours have different philosophies and and they come from different backgrounds and and so there was a little bit of a uh, uh, difference there and then there was there was one thing that really kind of shocked us was um we saw someone spill a box of popcorn in front of Peter Pan, and we came back a couple hours later, and it was still laying on the ground, whereas at Disneyland, that would be gone within 15 minutes for sure. Um, so we were actually having you know that, that culture shock going there, and so we had to, to after the first couple of days, we kind of sat down and talked about it, and, and we decided, you know, it's got to be like your kids. You, you can't have a favorite kid. you got to love them for what they are. And so we just changed our, our attitude that, hey, this is a different park. It's a different part of the country. It, you know, it, it's all different. We just have to accept it for what it was. And from that point on, we just had a really, really great time. So when, when we go to, like, Disneyland Paris, um, you know, I, I know, like we were just saying, some people don't like it. Some people really love it. Um, we're going to go with the attitude that it's not Disneyland. It's not Walt Disney World. It's Disneyland Paris. And when we go to Tokyo, it'll be the same thing. And when we go to Hong Kong, it'll be the same thing. Um, we definitely want to go to all those other parks. Um, I'm not sure how soon we'll get to go, uh, unfortunately. But like I said, my word of advice to everyone when they go to one of the different parks is realize it's a different park. Um, you know, for those of you, most of you are probably most familiar with Walt Disney World um, of our two parks, I mean. And when you go to Disneyland, you know, of course, we hear, oh, your castle's so small. Oh, the park's so small. Um, but if you come to it with, hey, it's a different park, it, you got to look at it differently, you know, it's coin. It's more personal. Um, the cast members, we get, you know, those of their annual pass holders, we get to know the cast members because it's not as big and there's not as many cast members. So there are cast members that I go and I see every time and I stop and talk to them and, and have a good time. Disney World, I'm sure, has the same thing. But... It's a much bigger park, and I forget what it is, something like 20,000 employees over there. You know, that, that's a small city. So, you know, you just got to go in with, with a positive attitude for wherever you go and, and just realize things are going to be a little different. So you don't think, you get, to know those in, you don't think yeah. you get to know those employees on two trips then? I did not get to know anyone in, <laughs> in two trips. Um, you know, there were several wonderful employees we interacted with. Um, we, we left feedback for a couple of them because they really, really helped us out. Um, one of the things uh, when, when we went our second time was around Christmas time, and they, they had, uh, you know, Mickey's Merry Christmas party. And we weren't quite sure what this was. Why should we pay another 80 bucks? you know, when we already paid to be in the park? And, you know, maybe we'll just go to another park that night. And one of the cast members actually sat down and explained to us what it was. And so we went ahead and signed up for it. And we had such a great time that we actually signed up for a second night because um, um, 
I know it's it's common for you guys to to take long trips. You know, a couple weeks. You know, is not uncommon. Um, in America, we normally take like maybe a week. For Disney World, we actually went for ten days, ten actual days, and we had travel days on either end. So we actually it was a twelve day trip for us. So we actually got to spend a lot of time at the park, and we got to go to that to the party twice, and just had had a wonderful time at it. Okay, we've got another question. Hi, um, I've never been to Disneyland, but I really, really, really want to go. So um, I haven't read your book, and I really like to. But is there anything secret that, or somewhere that you feel that I should definitely go, or something that I can see, like something seen and unseen that I should definitely look for when I eventually get to go? Well, obviously, the book can help you out a lot there with all of the little details to look for. You know, there is so many wonderful little things in the park, and and they do it with all the parks. Um, but obviously, I'm most familiar with Disneyland. But you know, there's movie props there at the park. A lot of people don't realize there's movie props in the park. Um, and when you think about it, it actually makes sense. I mean, the, their core is the Disney Studios, so of course, there's there's movie stuff there. Um, the truck and in the entrance to the Indiana Jones ride is actually the truck that was used in the stunt shot, uh, where in in the movie where the stuntman uh, gets knocked, where Indy gets knocked, I shouldn't say stuntman. Of course, it's reality. Um, the the uh, the Indiana Jones gets knocked off, and he's in front of the truck, and he's you know hanging on the bumper, and he's about to be you know crushed under the wheel. That truck is actually sitting in the queue there. And when you go to to Thunder Mountain, there's a, a little mule engine, and you think, oh, that's cute. You know, they they built this little engine that you know hauls around stuff there in in the mine town and everything. It was actually used in a, in a movie called Hot Lead Cold Feet with Don Knotts. The second mule engine is actually on the backside of the attraction, and the uh, the two engines were used in the race that they do towards the end of the, of the movie. There's a big race between the good guy and the bad guy, and and those mule engines are the actual mule engines that were used in that movie. So there's a lot of little things like that. Um, in addition to to looking at, at my book. What I would also suggest you do is, um, you know, you'll probably be there for, for several days. Um, take some time to just stop and look. And that, that's how I got a lot of the pictures in there is I didn't find them doing my research, although that's how a lot of them come. A, a lot of the things is just stopping and taking a moment, taking a breath, looking around, looking in different directions. You know, we're all used to looking straight forward. You know, we're going to that next attraction. We're going to the hotel. Um, stop and look sideways. Look down. Look up. Look backwards, especially in queues. Look backwards because we're all focused on going, you know, like with the indie queue, the, the uh, I forget what they call it, the, the endless queue. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of neat things to see, and we're looking forward for those next neat things. And if you stop and look back, sometimes you'll see a, a, an extra little piece that you may have missed. So like in the projection room, um, if you stop and look back and up, you might see a familiar sign, um, or may, maybe not if you didn't, if you never attended Disneyland when it had a parking lot. But the ER parking lot sign is actually hidden back up in the queue, and where Indiana Jones is currently built used to be the ER section of the parking lot that was there originally. So. That's the big thing is just stop and smell the roses at Disneyland. You know, there's going to be days you're going to go, 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 and then there's going to be times, you know, take 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 your time and look around and see what you can see. 
Right, okay, I think we've got time for sort of one more question. Go see the little girl down here. If we're quick, we've got someone else who had their hand up at the front, so we'll try and try and squeeze it in. So just three, le- three, an- three words for this answer, Russell. Um, what is your favourite ride at Disney? Oh, that's an easy one. My favourite ride is Pirates of the Caribbean. And actually, there's only one ride. Just, just so you know, there's actually only one ride at Disneyland. It's Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Officially, the rest are all known as attractions. So oh. Pirates is my favorite um, of all the attractions. That's my most favorite. But if you want to know my favorite roller coaster, it would be Space Mountain. And our Space Mountain is a little bit different if you've been to Disney World. Um, the one at Disney World has two sides to it. And the tracks are just a little bit bumpier than ours. Um, ours is smooth, 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 and there's only one track. Um, but it, it is a hoot. If, if, you, if you ever ride that ride with me, um, you'll hear me laughing my head off the whole ride because it's so much fun. Okay, one more question. I'll hand you over. Hi. Um, you said earlier on how long uh, it taken for your book to be published from beginning to end. How long did it actually take you to write? And uh, also, um, did you kind of set aside, like, every day I'd have to write three hours a day or two hours a day or one hour a day, or, or did you just kind of get through it as you could? You know, on, on the first book, um, it was more of a, you know, do it when I felt like doing it. Um, you know, one weekend I might spend six, seven, eight hours doing it, and then I might not touch it for a week or two. Um, Again, you know, I wasn't sure I was actually going to follow through all the way through with it to be a book. And, you know, as I got closer to it actually being a book, once once I got it into InDesign and started, you know, putting it in a book form, that's when it really started accelerating for me and I started spending more and more time on it. Um, from when I put it in InDesign to, to completion was probably about a year, year and a half um, of work. You know, really steady, serious work on it. Um, the next one, the one I'm working on right now, um, it's taking a little bit more. T- it's taking more time than it should um, because I have other things going right now, and plus I'm trying to sell the first book and and making appearances and all that kind of stuff. So that cuts into my time. Um, but the 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 second book realistically would really only be about six months of you know doing steady work on the weekends and the evenings uh to get it it'll be done hopefully here in the next two or three months and hopefully will be printed by the end of the year um so it it all depends on how much time you want to commit to it um mine was just a fun project which was part of it Uh, as i said at the beginning find something you're interested in something that that is fun for you um so I didn't want to do it like some people where they, you know, every Saturday they work all day on it and it gets to be a drudge and then I start to hate it and not want to do it. It was just something fun I was doing. And so it took me a little longer than, say, a professional writer or or professional uh, book person might might take. Thank you. Um, Russell was actually very kind a few years ago and I started writing a book and I sent him a copy of it to have a pretty read through it because I thought well he's done a book he's made a success of it what feedback could he give me he was very kind so my my question stroke information I want from you now is what bit of information would you give people or advice would you give people to actually finish in their project turn it from like a hobby into actually being the actual published book 
Uh, well, my first question is, where is your book? I haven't seen it yet. You gotta, you gotta finish that thing. Stop screwing around. Oh, pardon my language. Um, <laughs> um, you know, my, my big thing is, is, is make sure it's something you want to do. Because if it's something you want to do, you'll finish it. Um, obviously, you know, life intrudes on, on these things. And that's just a fact. You know, we, we've all got jobs. We've all got kids. Well, I shouldn't say all, but you know, you know what I'm saying. We, you know, we've got kids. We've got jobs. We've got other things we're interested in. Um, you've got things that distract from you. Um, you've got bills to pay. So... You know, make sure it's something you want to do. And, and and if you pick something you want to do, if you pick a subject you're interested in, you know, just like when you were back in school, you know, if if they assigned you a topic to write about or they assigned you something to do, you know, in, unless it just happened to be something you were interested in, it was a chore. You know, it was drudge. Oh, you know, I'll do that tomorrow. I, you know, we, we procrastinate. But then you get a you get a subject that you're really interested in or you get to pick something you're interested in. Um Many of the colleges over here, you know, they have what's called a senior project, and you actually get to pick the subject matter and what your final report's going to be on. Um, and, and those go much faster. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is make sure it's something that you want to do. The next thing is, is um, life is going to intrude. If it's something you want to do, you're just going to have to do it. And, and, you know, like they say, you know, a trip of a million miles begins with a first step. Just do it. Just start doing it. You know, you're going to, you can second guess yourself all you want. Um, we all do it. You know, Hey, you know, I want to do this book. And, and like I discussed earlier, not, I'd be thinking, is anyone going to really want this? Anyone going to really want to see this? Anyone going to really pay money for this? You know? And so, you know, while I'm working on it, I'm thinking those thoughts, but I'm also thinking, you know, this is something I like. I, I would like to see this in, in a book form. Um, even if I don't print it, you know, it's in InDesign. It's something I have. You know, I could I could put it into, you know, soft copy and give it to friends or whatever, but it was something I really thought I wanted to do. So, you know, just do it, as, as you know, a famous company over here in the United States, Nike, says. Um, just, <laughs> you know get off your duff, start doing it. Um, if you have an idea, you know, what is, what is it going to hurt if you start doing it? And after you, you've written a couple pages, you decide, you know, I'm, I'm not really happy with this. I don't want to do this, or this is a big commitment. You know, at least you, you tried. And that was one of the, one of my big motivators too, was I didn't want to have this idea and then just kind of blow it off and not do it. And then, you know, I'm 90 years old. I'm sitting there and thinking, gosh, you know, I should have done that. I, I, I should have tried. You know, at, at, at the very least, you know, if all I did was put the whole thing together and then no one ever published it and it sat on my computer, at least I, you know, put the effort out and I tried and I'm happy that I did that. So, you know, don't be one of these people that, that, has this idea and says, you know, I, I'll do that. Oh, I'll do it next week. Oh, I'll do it next year. Oh, you know, I'll start this summer. I'll, I'll, I'll do it on my, uh, my next holiday. Um, just, you know, sit down and start doing it. You know, even, even if it's, you know, you get home from work and you eat dinner and you spend time with your kids and you help them with their homework and you put them to bed and, you know, it's nine, 10 o'clock at night and all you have is like 10 minutes or 30 minutes. Spend 30 minutes doing something you enjoy. You know, do that two or three times a week. 
um, before you know it, you're gonna you're gonna have a, a big chunk of a book done. So just just do it. I think the whole theory of spending thirty minutes doing something you enjoy two or three times a week would make everyone's life a lot happier, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, and, and I really enjoyed putting Especially, this book together. Especially you know, certain things. <laughs> yeah. no, no, like eating bacon. I mean, uh, oh yeah. A, a lot of people, if you've seen Russell on fa Facebook, Russell is obsessed <laughs> with bacon. Is that true, Russell? I don't, know, I don't understand those people that post all this stuff about bacon. There's just bacon everywhere. Oh, wait a minute, though. That was me. That's you. Um, that's... <laughs> Russell has yeah, pictures actually, of all I, I sorts of I got to see Michelle, and we discussed bacon. Yeah. I think there was a discussion between what was better, American bacon or British bacon or Canadian bacon. And yeah, I think it, well, again, you know, it's we, like the parks. They're all different, so you have to love them. No. <laughs> well, what we'll do, we'll, we'll just do a quick vote here. American bacon or British bacon? Hands up for American. Hands up for British. Oh. Well, unfortunately, Russell, you've lost that one. <laughs> I can't believe that. Uh, I'm, I'm, two people voted for American. Three. So um, that was close. <laughs> it was close. <laughs> Two to 146,370. Yeah. Yeah. I, I not all of them are in the room at the moment. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so where can we actually get a copy of your book from if we were going to buy it? Apart from so the auction. There's a couple ways to get it. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think they sell books. There's, there's a, a bookstore or a book company called Gazelle there in the UK. Um, I just learned about them. They um, actually did a, a nice write-up of my book, and they put it in their travel PDF. Um, they have uh, different PDFs of, of different subject matters, and in the travel one, they actually just listed my book. So I'm, I'm not sure if you can actually purchase from them. I believe you can from what I've seen on their webpage. You can also get it from Amazon UK. So Amazon UK, it's definitely available there. Um, we try to keep them in stock. Um, it, I, the big thing is, is if you want it autographed, you can get it direct from me. Uh, unfortunately, shipping is as pounds? much as the book, <laughs> and it does take, as Chris and Alan could tell you, it, it does take a little while. Although that one I shipped there for the auction um, got there fairly quickly. I got there in like 10 days. Yeah, I think it was about uh, a week. So, and obviously, if, if you do get it signed and buy it direct from the author, most of the money goes back to him anyway. Yes. So. yes. That's, that's um, the most important thing, isn't it? <laughs> That's that's the big important thing. Keep the author going so he can write the second book. Um, and take no, him to Disney me. World with him. Uh, um, yeah, because we got to get keep working towards the Disney World book. Um, so so those those are the biggies. Is Amazon uh, Gazelle? You can order it direct from me. Um, all you have to do is just send an email to orders at sudbooks.com. It's orders with an S and then sudbooks s u d b o o k s dot com. Um, and I'd be happy to let you know, you know, how much shipping is to, to your specific area, and you can decide from there. Um, so th those are the easiest ways to get my book there in, in the U.K. And, of course, you can buy it in the charity auction, but we want you to spend yes. a lot more money. Yes, but it all goes to a good cause, and none of the money comes back to me, so if that makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, all I'm of the money for that one is going to, to the charity there. Well, I think we've come towards the end. Of, well, we have come to the end of the interview. I'd like to thank you, Russell, for coming on. It's been fantastic talking to you. Can we give Russell a massive round of applause? Well, thank you very much for having me. I, I appreciate you letting me come on. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to, to fellow fans and especially answer questions from them. Okay, so uh, um, thanks for coming on. Myself and Alan will...
probably have a quick chat with you later in the week. But much appreciated and uh, good yeah. to see you, Russell. Thank, thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much, guys, and, and enjoy the rest of your, your convention there. I, I understand that Alan and Chris are going to show you a very special movie tomorrow, something, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what that's about, but something anyway, like no, I understand you're going to get to see a wonderful Disney movie, so enjoy the rest of your convention. Thank you very much, Russell. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. the best kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can rent a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them. Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves a best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way, have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails, and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T, Orlando.com. Well, that's it. That is the end of the show. Thank you for joining us, as always. Thank you to Russell uh, for talking to us about uh, all that sort of stuff. It's really interesting to see kind of how they do it in the US and how kind of the, that self-publishing thing is so much bigger over there than it maybe is over here. But thank you for joining me, Alan. No problem, anytime. You can go back to the rainy, cloudy garden now. Um, what do you mean? That's not the theme of my garden. Oh, is that not? Uh, thank you for joining me, Chris. That's all right. And I uh, hope you enjoy the last few days of your holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Good fun. It's all good. But thank you to join us, as I said. Thank you to our sponsors, both Orlando Attraction Tickets. You can go to orlandoattractiontickets.co.uk. And to Scooter Vacations, you can go to scootorlando.com. And uh, don't forget, you can go to Facebook, like uh, our Facebook page, and make comments. You can go to Twitter, at DisneyBrit. And you can email us, radio at DisneyBrit.com. Don't forget, go over to iTunes. You can leave a review for those people who want to hear what it is that we've been going on about. Uh, and um, they can kind of make their mind up, or they can read it think oh, that sounds quite good we'll download that and we'll give that a go don't forget you can also contact us if you want to we have our number it's 0121 288 2748 if you want to ring us maybe from the parks or you're at home you want to leave a voicemail anything at all you want to send us any questions anything like that then uh, please do right we will see you in a couple of weeks we're going to go and uh, might ride space mountain i think see you there Everybody, <laughs> that was swell!